For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Folks, we got a special edition of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast coming at you tonight. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens are about to go into overtime against the Calgary Flames. This game started very late, so I'm going to start recording this podcast now. We're going to do a little recap, and then hopefully we're going to get a live reaction of the Montreal Canadiens scoring to beat the Calgary Flames, if that's what you're into. So hello and welcome to episode 55 of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and I am... Still watching the Montreal Canadiens. Pretty good game for them so far, honestly. Um, not on the power play, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that. First period was pretty even. Uh, there was a pretty brutal missed holding call on Josh Anderson, and I thought, all right, this is going to be a problem. The Habs aren't going to get any power plays tonight, uh, but they got plenty of power plays. They just weren't very good at them. Not long after the brutal missed holding call on uh, Josh Anderson, Blake Coleman got left alone in front. Andrew Maggiapane finds him, and he makes it one nothing pretty easily for the Calgary Flames. Habs actually got a 5-on-3 later in that period. Uh, that's how many power plays they were actually getting. They got a 5-on-3, and they did virtually nothing with it. Um, it didn't look very good whatsoever. They looked good for a minute there with Cole Caulfield on the ice, but then after that, uh, it just went to shit quickly. Anyways... Andrew Hammond makes a huge save at one end late in the period, and they go down the ice, and with 26 seconds left in the period, Jeff Petrie joins the rush. Nick Suzuki throws it across to him. He puts it in, and it's 1-1. Those back-breaking end-of-period goals that are usually a problem for the Montreal Canadiens this year, somehow, since Martin Saint-Louis took over, they're scoring those goals themselves. So we go into uh, the second period, and it is relatively, again, at 5-on-5 in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, but again, they're having some problems with the power play. Now, Johnny Goudreau, he walks out from the corner with about eight minutes left in the period and just roofs it, makes it two to one. And then after another absolute dog shit power play from the Montreal Canadiens, uh, the Flames extend their lead. Mangiapane cuts in, goes short side backhand, roof daddy. Absolutely beautiful shot by him. Uh, I don't blame Andrew Hammond for that one one bit. It was ridiculous. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, Ben Sherratt in overtime. Ben Sherratt in overtime. Ben Sherratt in overtime. 
Ben Sherrod in overtime. A pick, a, a first round pick, a prospect, and then another pick now. Ho, 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 folks. And who else other than Rem Pitlick? They got a two-on-one, and Rem Pitlick throws it across to Ben Sherrod cutting in, and he just dunks it. I mean, Pitlick, by the way, had a great game. Um, great to see him get rewarded in overtime like that. Like, Martin Saint-Louis is not worried about putting him on the ice in overtime. He's fast. He he turned style. Well, he didn't really turn style, but he embarrassed Milan Lucic earlier in the game. Uh, great to see him get rewarded there. Great to see the Habs playing exciting hockey again. Wow. Ben Sherrod in overtime, folks. I, I was... Now, I guess let's get back to the recap real quick because um, it was 3-1 to one for the Calgary Flames before this game eventually made its way to overtime. And then, late in the second period, the Habs get another 5-on-3. This time, they actually do something with it. Nick Suzuki at the side of the net just kind of dunks it, and it's 3-2. to two. Habs are back in it. And then early in the third, the Habs tie the damn thing. Guess who it was? It was Ben Sherratt. Ben Chirac gets a wrister from the point, puts it through, ties it up at 3-3. And then late in the third period, Larry Dolphins over to Mike Hoffman. Mike Hoffman beats, beats Jakob Markstrom and makes it 4-3. 30 seconds to go with the game. They leave Elias Lindholm open at the side of the net, and he puts it in and makes it 4-4. We go to overtime. And, folks, you just heard my reaction. Ben Chirac in overtime. Ben Chirac in overtime. Ben Chirac in overtime. You want to trade for that man. You want to trade for that man. I don't care who you are. You want to trade for him, and you want to give us a prospect, and you want to give us a pick, and maybe another pick. I'm going to turn the volume off on my television, and uh, let's talk about that. What a game. Be remiss not to mention that the Calgary Flames have 71 points and are number two in the Western Conference right now uh, in terms of points. Second best record in the entire Western Conference. And the Habs just took them to overtime and beat them there with a roster that, I mean, on paper, you would never expect the Habs to win that game. Even knowing how well they've been playing since Martin Saint-Louis took over, you wouldn't expect them to win that game. I mean, this is, it's, it's quite amazing what he's been able to do with this team since he took over. They're exciting. I mean, Eric Engels tweeted it out the other day, and he, he had a point. You know, the Habs have gone from unwatchable to must-watch under Martin Saint-Louis. This team is fun. They are never out of games. Like, they went down, like I mentioned in the recap, right? They went down 3-1 in this game. Stormed back. Took the lead. Gave up the lead. Went to overtime. And then the one guy that you want to see score some clutch goals right now to up his trade value does it in overtime. Must-watch hockey. Absolute must-watch hockey. I was a little bit subdued. I would probably would have gotten a little bit more excited for that goal if it was earlier. It's 11.52 right now, and my toddler's sleeping, like, you know, maybe 400 feet away from me. So, no, not 400 feet. What am I talking about? My condo's not that big. <laughs> uh, delirious. Lack of sleep. Anyways, unreal hockey coming from this club right now. And uh, it's, it's, it's what I wanted to see. As much as they can lose games all they want at this point, I don't care. Um, I, I wanted to see exciting hockey. And if that means wins, then it means wins. You know, if it hurts their draft lottery chances a little bit, then it hurts their draft lottery chances a little bit. I don't care. I want to see exciting hockey. I want to see some players in this team take steps forwards. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that under Martin Saint-Louis a lot. Um, and it's it's fantastic. It's, it is a breath of fresh air. It is wonderful to see the team doing well. I don't care if they win or lose. 
I, if they lost this game in overtime, I wouldn't have cared. Wouldn't have been angry whatsoever. The fact that they got there, the fact that they were the better team at 5-on-5, five five, the fact that there's structure on the ice, the fact that they look like they know what they're doing at 5-on-5. Five five. Now, the power play was a bit of a problem in that game, but they really looked like they knew what they were doing at 5-on-5. Five five. They know where they need to be. It's It's a breath of fresh air. It's night and day from what we were seeing earlier in the season, and I can't say enough about it. I also can't say enough about uh, my player of the game. And uh, I could have gone in a lot of directions with this one. Could have gone Rem Pitlick. Uh, could have gone Ben Sherratt for the, the upping of the trade value. Could have honestly gone Jeff Petrie. He got on the board as well. Um, but I'm going with Nick Suzuki. <clears throat> um, the usual suspects, man. Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, and Josh Anderson have been kind of the key to this turnaround lately, to them, to them winning games, to them actually being exciting. And Nick Suzuki was all over the place in this game. Absolutely everywhere. He had, what, two assists in addition to a big goal for the team as well. And, I mean, he was absolutely flying out there. It was, man, maybe his best game of the season so far. And that's saying a lot because he's one of the few players that has actually been uh, very good for the team throughout the course of the year. So, I mean, again, one of his best games. He's another one of the guys, he would definitely be on my untouchables list. Uh, obviously, you're not trading Nick Suzuki. If you do, that's that's less of a rebuild and more of a complete teardown and start from scratch. Um, he's obviously part of the rebuild. He's obviously clearly somebody that you want to have around uh, as you try to get back to actually competing and, and making the playoffs. And um, look, man, with, with what he's doing right now, he's showing that he's worth every bit of that contract that he signed a lot of people were concerned because a bit of a slow start to the year he wasn't piling up the points or anything and even on his current point pace you know there's maybe an argument that 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 contract was a little bit rich but we're seeing him do this on it's it's been a horrible team for most of the year they've only been good recently right and the fact that he's able to keep that going the fact that he's able to play this well the fact that he's been able to play this well, even when the team was was struggling mightily, it speaks volumes to how good he is as a player. And I, I think he's going to make that contract look very good. I mean, that could be... Uh, I had mentioned before that maybe Josh Anderson's contract could be a bit of a parting gift for Marc Bergevin. Uh, but honestly, that, that Suzuki contract, it might end up being the best parting gift he could have given us. Because I really think he's going to live up to every single dollar of that contract I'm not concerned about it uh, and when you look at games like he had against the uh, against the Flames it's it's proof in the pudding right there that you know don't, don't be worried about him he's gonna be just fine uh, he was easily easily for me the best forward on the ice for the Montreal Canadiens in that game last thing I want to talk about before I cut it off is a little bit less joyful um, Jake Evans had to leave this game with what was probably a concussion uh, he took a hit early in the game. I think it was from Richie. I, I can't remember who it was. Um, it wasn't a malicious hit. It looked pretty accidental to me, so I'm, I'm not going to rage out about that. But it looked like he got some head contact there, and then he got high-sticked. He came back after that hit, got high-sticked two more times in, in the head before they finally took him off and, and sent him off for good. Um, it's concerning, man. This poor guy just can't seem to avoid getting hit in the head. And it happens constantly. He's had a number of concussions very young in his career. A um, little bit worried about him. So I hope he's okay. Uh, he didn't return to the game, obviously. And we'll, we'll see if he's going to be out for an extended period of time. But it's uh, it's just scary. And it's unfortunate that this seems to just keep 
happening to him no matter what. I'm going to cut it off there because it's getting super late here and uh, I got to work in the morning. I'm an old man with a job and a child. Um, we were running what? Uh, well, we're running around 12 minutes. So, c'est encore une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify. We're on Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. Uh, I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Uh, you don't have long to wait. We'll have another episode after Saturday's game. We got another game coming up quick. It's uh, the nature of this season, right? With all the uh, postponed games, it's probably going to get even worse. This time, on Saturday, we're going to be playing against the other team in Alberta, the Edmonton Oilers. So we're going to get to see a little bit of uh, Connor McDavid action. He's a fun player to watch. With how uh, with how fun the Habs have been lately, that should be uh, that could be quite the entertaining game uh, for a Saturday night match. So uh, stay tuned for that one. And until then, of course, à la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.